Okay, my name is Terrell, uh, and we have a lot of fun here. This is our junior high ministry, and so you can make a lot of friends here. You can have a lot of fun. We play games, and uh, but most importantly, we do what we just did, right? We sing praises to God. We sing songs to Him, and we learn who God is and how we can have a relationship with God. And it's important, right? Because if we have a relationship with God, that means that our souls, after we die here on this earth, We'll be with God forever. And that's good news, right? We don't want to be without God. And so we're trying to figure out how can I have a relationship with God? And we've been going through the book of Daniel. 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 And tonight is a sad night because it is the last week in the book of Daniel. Everybody say, aww. Okay, very sad. But you know what? We got to wrap it up. Maybe after this, we go to the New Testament and uh, we have a little fun there. But tonight's the last night in Daniel and we are in Daniel chapter six. six. Daniel chapter six. What about our new people who haven't heard Daniel one, two, three, four, five? What are we going to do? Okay, so who can volunteer and give me a 30 second recap, 25, 20 second recap on Daniel chapter one? Katie McElroy. Give it up for Katie McElroy. Come up here. Come on. Katie, and this has your name on it, if you can tell me. Wow. In, in 20 seconds, yeah. okay, tell the people what happens in Daniel chapter 1. Okay, so... Uh, nice and loud. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So, basically, Babylon took over, uh, took over Judah, and took over their best and brightest youth. Yeah. Took them to uh, Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar tried to, like, brainwash them into being his servants. But Daniel denied the food he, they ate and the water and the stuff they drank. Let's go! Okay, there you go! That was a great story, okay? So Daniel's there with his friends. King Nebuchadnezzar, the evil man, takes him, tries to make him his slaves. And, but Daniel does not compromise. He has un compromising faith okay faith in god who can tell me daniel chapter two daniel chapter two come on give me a, a quick summary before i have to go to ryan okay bryson give it up for bryson come on up fast fast this doesn't count towards my time alex so uh bryson's taking a while bryson come on up here and you know what i want you to see something okay we went to man camp, and that's why we have a bunch of men coming up yeah. telling you what's going on. Okay, so Bryson, everybody, shh, We just heard what happened in Daniel 1. Now Daniel chapter 2, what happens? The dream with Nebuchadnezzar. Tell and, them. Okay. The dream with Nebuchadnezzar and then... What? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, so when Nebuchadnezzar has that dream and then he tells... Nobody about his dream, and then yeah. he tells Daniel to. Don't laugh at me, Caden. Come on, keep going. <laughs> and so he tells Daniel to interpret it, but wait, no, he tells his advisors to interpret it, but nobody yeah. can do it. And so he, they think he's gonna kill all of them. And then yeah. Daniel comes. He's like, I can do it, but with God. And so he does the dream, and he tells the Romans about like all the important people's army. Let's go, give it up for Bryson! Awesome! Okay, Daniel chapter 2, we see Daniel and his friends have unforgettable faith. 
You know, God blesses them because they're so faithful. He gives Daniel all these special powers, powers, uh, abilities to be able to interpret dreams. And so now Daniel's like the wisest man in all of Babylon. He's way up there above everybody else. And uh, it's awesome. We see what happens when you're faithful to God. God blesses you. God keeps you. Uh, he preserves you. And he, yeah, great. Daniel 1, Daniel 2, now Daniel 3. Daniel 3. I saw Jack first, so Jack first. Come on up. Girls, you got to, you got to, come on. Give it up for Jack. Okay, Daniel chapter 3. Nice and loud from Jack Cole. So King Nebuchadnezzar built a golden statue, this big one. He said, everyone bow down when you hear these instruments. And so... uh, he played all the instruments, and everyone bowed down, except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Bednego, uh, who are Daniel's friends. And then uh, he got mad, so he called them up, and they're like, no, we're not going to bow down to this idol. We worship God. So he heated this furnace up seven times hotter than usual and threw them in. It was so hot, the guards who threw them in died. Yeah, and they did. They, <laughs> they um, didn't, uh, like, they, they, King Nebuchadnezzar expected them to die, but they didn't. There was a fourth person walking around, and they thought it was uh, the son of God. And so they pulled him out, and King Nebuchadnezzar was like, okay, everyone should uh, believe in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God, because he's pretty powerful. And he is. Get it for Jack. Here you go. Here you go. Great. Okay, so King Nebi's there. He's super prideful still. He's like, I'm going to build this big, huge statue of myself, I think it's of King Nebuchadnezzar. There's some debate about that. But anyways, they're trying to work. He's trying to make everybody worship himself. And Daniel's like, you know what? This isn't going to happen. Actually, his friends are like, no way. This is not happening. We're not going to bow down to false idols, right? And we have false idols ourselves, right? Yeah. We make idols uh, in our own lives, things that we put above God. But Daniel's friends say, no way, Jose. Where's Jose? They say, no way, buddy. And they're not going to bow down to those idols. They're going to bow down only to the true and only God. Yes? And we call that, I think, uncompromising faith. Okay? So we got un... What was the first one? Oh, no. Then it wasn't uncompromising. Undying faith. Yes. Because they didn't die in the furnace. Uncompromising faith. Unforgettable faith. Undying faith. Now, who's going to tell us Daniel chapter 4? Christian, come on up. Girls, come on. Christian. 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 Nice and loud for it. Very simple. David. Okay, that's fine. I need simple. All right. Um, so uh, God punishes Nebuchadnezzar by turning into a turning him into a cow. Uh-huh. So and but then later realizes that about his pride and uh, turns away from his sin and turns to God and uh, starts worshiping God. There we go. Give it up for Christian. There you go. This is great, okay? So Daniel chapter 4, we see undeserved faith, undeserving faith, because King Nebuchadnezzar, is he a good or bad dude? Bad dude, right? And we're all bad, right? We all have sin in ourselves. King Nebuchadnezzar is much more obvious, but he's just like us. We're both sinful. And so King Nebuchadnezzar, you know what? He deserves to go to hell because of his sin but you know what he's filled up with pride and what does god do he humbles him he judges king nebuchadnezzar he turns him into a 
Cal Moo. And finally, you know, after he's humbled, he's broken down by God, he's judged by God. Now he finally realizes as he's all low, he's in his lowest point of his life. He realizes, you know what? I need to bow down to the one true God. And he finally repents. And that's what needs to happen to us. We need to be humbled. We need to realize our great need for God before God will actually save us. He's not going to save proud people who think they deserve to be saved. He's going to save people who are humble and who want a Savior, who need a Savior, who realize that all they have is death going for them, right? That's all they deserved. So he has undeserving faith. Now, Daniel chapter 5. Yes! Oh, I have three girls in Daniel chapter 5. Can you team up? Okay, three, those three girls. Yeah, yeah, you, you all get candy, okay? You're just worried about the candy? Okay, come on. Everybody come up. I was supposed to give these to new visitors, but I think this is better. I'm sorry. Okay, so you're going to have to figure out now how you're going to work together to explain Daniel chapter 5. Maybe you each take turns talking. Oh, am I going first? Yes. All right, Daniel chapter 5. From the women. Yeah. Okay? You guys are good? Okay, you go ahead, start. Oh, I'm gonna start. Okay, so uh, in Daniel chapter 5, Nebuchadnezzar is dead, and his son is now king. Yep. And uh, he, like, Daniel and, yeah, Daniel's had to tell him, like, that God was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and okay. Like, God. Good. Now you. Um, Balthazar, his son, was um, was having a bunch of, he had a bunch of wives, and he was having these big parties with, like, wine and silver, and, like, they were worshiping the gods of wine and silver, yep. and, like, gold, and um, then, yeah. Okay, you want to take it? And then a giant hand came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did, like. And it wrote on the wall something I can't remember now. Some weird language, it's fine. Some weird, to, yeah, something, yeah. But, so he called in David and everyone uh -huh. to come figure out what it was, but it meant something about, like, numbered divide. Your, your days are numbered. Yes, your days are numbered. Yeah. And I can't remember Back the you. rest. Oh, and then, uh, <laughs> um, and then... <laughs> And back to you. <laughs> back to you. I, can't, I can't remember. Back to her. Okay. Uh, what? Oh, the... the uh, Belshazzar, Belshazzar did not listen to he didn't the listen. painting, and yeah. then the next day he died. He yeah. slaughtered yeah. in the night. Yeah, he was exactly. in the night. Give it up for them! Here you go! Here you go! Great job! Okay, Daniel chapter 5, what was it called? Come on, what was it called? No. Uh, huh? Uninherited faith! You know why? Because King Nebuchadnezzar had faith, but his son... Belshazzar did not have faith. And you know what that tells us? It tells us that we cannot just automatically inherit our faith from our parents, right? We need to have our own faith. And we saw with Belshazzar, he did not have faith. Despite all the warnings, despite the judgment of God, God's hand coming and warning Belshazzar, he still did not listen and he was judged. And you know what God did? All right, you don't want to listen? Boom, you're dead. Okay, he kills him. And this tells us a very serious point, right? That God will judge your sin. He will judge your sin. 
And maybe you think, you know what? He hasn't punished me yet. He hasn't judged me yet. My life's still pretty good. Maybe he's just going to pass over me. No, he is not going to forget about it. He will eventually punish your sin. Maybe you'll see punishment here on earth. But ultimately, if you do not repent from your sins and turn to God, you will see the ultimate punishment, which is a life in hell. And so, very heavy last week. I want you to feel that weight again, okay? So we got Daniel 1 through 5. You guys did an excellent job. Give it up for them. Great. And now we are in Daniel chapter 6. So turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6. And tonight's message, uh, let me just tell you this first. You know what one of my biggest pet peeves is? Is, no, no, it's not you, okay? It's when you get a bag of Takis and it's just not that, not that great, okay? Yes! That is one of my biggest pet peeves. My other biggest pet peeve is, you know when you're just hanging out with somebody and you know what? You, you like them, they're your friend, but they just always kind of change into a different person based on who they're with, right? You know, you're hanging out with one of your buddies, uh, one of your junior high uh, boy buddies, and, you know, one of the junior high girls walks up. And all of a sudden, your buddy just turns into a different person. And he starts acting all weird, and his cheeks get all red. And he's like, he's like I don't like sports anymore or any of those things. I, I like what you like, girls, you know? Come on, you know? And he's trying to be, you know, flirty and cool with them, you know? And I'm like, dude, stop changing. Just be yourself, right? Or, you know, like your siblings, like, when I was younger, my sister, you know, my sister is so sweet, so sweet most of the time, you know, she was sweet. And then I was, be, I was always nicer. I was always nice. And uh, she was sweet until she, I would hear a little growl and her, her stomach would start to get hungry. And I think this isn't just my sister. I think this is with a lot of I'm, in, I'm on recording, so I won't say it, okay? Uh, girls, okay? Uh, girls, when they get hungry, okay? Uh, all of a sudden, you start to change, and your mood starts to change. This is with everybody. And you start to get hangry, and you change into a totally different person. You could be the sweetest person in the world, but when you get hangry, oh, everybody's life is over. Nicole Schmitz, okay. Uh, Nicole Schmitz, I always say Schmitz, finale. See, you keep changing. Um, okay? So that's one of my biggest pet peeves. When people are just always changing based on who they're with, based on what has happened to them, and you just can't trust them, right? I want somebody who is never going to change, who is always going to be the same. And you know who we see that with? We see that with Daniel, and we see that with God. And that's why tonight, Daniel chapter 6, we're going to see unchanging faith unchanging faith and i'm going to break this down to three parts okay three scenes we're going to break it down together unchanging faith number one the unchanging character of who do you think daniel. of daniel the unchanging character of daniel and we see this in verses one through three are you all there raise your hand when you're there daniel chapter six and put your finger on verse 1. And the first word is? It. Okay, Daniel chapter 6. Let's read verses 1 through 3. It says this. It seemed good to Darius. Wait, who's Darius? Okay, Darius. Darius. So this is crazy, right? So what just happened in Daniel chapter 5? Who died? Belshazzar, the king died, right? 
And this was the last king of Babylon. Now, Babylon is over. Babylon is over and it's taken over by who? The yes, the Medes and the Persians take over, right? And so now it's no longer Babylon. It's the Medes and the Persians taking over. And their new king is Darius. His name is Darius. And so Darius comes into town. He takes over. And the first thing he does is he's going to set up a government. He's going to set up how his kingdom is going to be ran. And we're going to see exactly how he does that. Verse 1 again. It seemed good to who? Darius. To appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom. And they would be in charge over the whole kingdom. And over them, three commissioners of whom Daniel was one. That these satraps might be accountable to them. And that the king might not suffer loss. Then, verse 3. This Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit. And the king planned to appoint him over the what? Entire kingdom. This is pretty awesome, right? We see Darius. He sets up his government. And what he's going to do is he's going to set up 120 satraps, meaning these are guys who are basically going to be in charge of one region, right? So basically like the mayors of towns or the governors of towns. They're going to be in charge of like a certain region of the kingdom. And over them, they're going to be responsible to these, what are they called? Commissioners. commissioners. Three commissioners who are overseeing the 120 satraps who are overseeing all these different regions. This is how you manage a nation, right? And among these three commissioners is Daniel. Daniel. Why? Daniel's about 90 years old now. He's very old. He's super wise. And you know what he's done? He's proven himself. Everybody knows that Daniel is the best of the best. That somehow there's something different about Daniel. He has this extraordinary spirit within him. He's able to do things that all of these other commissioners can't do, that all of the other counselors can't do, that the Wicked Witch of the West cannot do. Daniel can do it. And that's because he's been what? Blessed by God. Right? Because when you're faithful, then God will bless you. And God has blessed Daniel in this particular way. So he has proven himself. And you know what else about Daniel? He, his faithfulness to God is so evident. Everybody in this nation knows about Daniel. You know what they know about Daniel? That Daniel worships God, the one true God, and that he will never, ever back down from worshiping God. He has proven himself. We see this in Daniel chapter one, verse eight, right? What happened from the very beginning, the first test for Daniel, one verse eight, but Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. I mean, this is a pretty simple thing to compromise with, right? I mean, the king is saying, you got to eat this food or else I'm going to kill you. What would I do? I would probably eat the food right away, right? I mean, it's like, it's not a big deal. It's just eating food. But Daniel says, no. I'm not going to compromise on even the littlest thing, not, not with my God watching. And so he decides not to compromise with that. And that builds his faith to not compromise even with the big things. What about this? Titus 2 verses 6 through 8. This is for you. It says, likewise, urge the young men to be sensible 
In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is, what did I highlight? Beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. You know what beyond reproach means? Above reproach? This means, it doesn't mean that you're perfect, because nobody will be perfect, right? We all sin. But beyond reproach means that there is just, there's no question of your character. There's no area in your life that's hypocritical. There's no area in your life that's just so obviously not Christian, not Christ-like. If you're known to be a liar, then you're not beyond reproach. If you're known to be a cheater, you're not beyond reproach. If you're known to be always angry, oh, that guy always has anger problems. That girl is always fighting with her siblings. That's not beyond reproach, right? Beyond reproach means that there is just nothing that is so obviously unchristian-like, unchristlike with you, right? And so this is the character that we must strive for. Daniel is above reproach. He has nothing going, nothing so obviously bad about his character, right? He still sins. He's not perfect, but he's not like the biggest liar in town. Or he's not like the most angry person in town, right? He's above reproach. He has a Christ-like character, and so should we. Look at Matthew 5, verse 16. It says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. So this is what's happening with Daniel. Daniel's above reproach. There's no major compromises in his life. And everybody knows that Daniel is faithful to God. And you know what that does? That shines bright. Everybody notices Daniel and his faithfulness. And this glorifies the father and Daniel's faith is unchanging because no matter what circumstance he's put through, no matter what hard trial he's put through, his faith never changes. He is always devoted to God. So I got to ask you, is your faith like this? When you're with your friends, do you change? Do you stop talking about God? Do you stop doing what he tells you to do because your friends are trying to pull you another way and you want to be cool and you want to be with them so you change? Or are you unchanging like Daniel? No matter what circumstance you're put under, no matter what situation, you're always going to be faithful to God. You're always going to praise him. You're always going to honor him with your life. So are you unchanging in your faith like Daniel? Number two, the unchanging character of the wicked. The wicked. W-I-C-K-E-D. Do you need help with that? The wicked. The unchanging character of the wicked. Or you could say the world or the evil ones. The unchanging character of them. Let's look what happens in verse 4 through 15. Look in your Bibles. Daniel 6 verses 4 through 15. So Daniel's uncompromising. His character is above reproach. And then verse 4. Then the commissioners and the satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel. What's wrong with this guy in regard to government affairs? But they could find what? No ground of accusation or evidence of corruption inasmuch as he was what? Faithful and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Then these men said, 
We will not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. Then those commissioners and satraps came by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows. King Darius, they're trying to kiss up to the king, right? King Darius, live forever. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the the prefects and the satraps and the high officials and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statute, basically a law, and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or to any man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document that is the injunction. What happens here? The people, the other counselors, the other uh, commissioners and the other uh, satraps, they see uh, Daniel and they get what? Jealous. Oh, they are jealous. Why? Because Darius is going to put Daniel above all of them, right? Daniel's the best of the best, and they see this. And King Darius is going to make Daniel even on top of them. He's going to put them over them. And so all these other people are jealous. And you know what they try to do? They say, let's figure out what's wrong with Daniel. Let's figure out where there's compromise, where there's corruption, so that we can bring Daniel down. And what do they find? Nothing. Right? Because Daniel is beyond reproach. Daniel is beyond reproach. Daniel is beyond reproach. They can't find anything wrong with Daniel because he's faithful. Right? And so what do they try to do? Okay. We're going to make a law that's going to go against Daniel's God. Something that Daniel will automatically break because he's going to be faithful to his God. Then we're going to make a law that's going to trap him, basically, right? And they say, we're going to make a law that says, if you worship anybody else but King Darius, then you should be thrown into the lion's den. And that's an obvious, right? I mean, Daniel, what's he going to do? Is he going to listen to that law? No. No. He's going to be faithful to God. He's not going to bow down to King Darius. He's going to bow down to the one true king, Jesus Christ, right? He's going to bow down to God. And so this is their trap to get them in, to get Daniel in trouble and to cast him into the lion's den. Do you see the problem here? Sticky situation. Yes. Okay. Another test for Daniel. Look at verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he knows about this law, what they're trying to do. He entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open towards Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. What does he do? Does he change? No. Daniel does not change. You know what he does when he finds out about this law? He goes into his house. He gets on his knees and he what? Prays. Isn't that awesome? He's not affected by this. He's already been threatened. He's already been, his life has already been threatened and put on the line. 
This does not affect him at all. He will not bow down to King Darius and this uh, just stupid law. He is going to submit to the king, the true king, and he goes right to prayer. And so verse 11, then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. And then they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. Did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any God or man besides you, O king, for 30 days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king replied, the statement is true. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Then they answered and spoke before the king. Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you signed, but keeps making his petition, petition three times a day. Verse 14. Then, as soon as the king heard this statement, he was deeply distressed and set his mind on delivering Daniel. And even until sunset, he kept exerting himself to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Recognize, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or statue will, which the king establishes may be changed. So what happens? The other uh, commissioners, the satraps, they see Daniel praying. Finally, we got him in a trap. They go straight to King Darius. They snitch on him. They tattletale. They say, Daniel has been praying to other gods. And remember, you signed a decree. You signed, it, signed an injunction that whoever prays to other gods, whoever prays to somebody other than you, they should be thrown into the lion's den, right? Tattletales. Just the terrible, right? Just so terrible. So they tattletale on Daniel. They say, you got to... You, if you're really going to hold to your law, King Darius, then you've got to punish him. And King Darius doesn't want to punish Daniel. He doesn't want to do that. But you know what? He's stuck in a trap. If he doesn't punish him, then he'll be seen as a king who doesn't actually hold to his own law, right? He won't be respected by these people. So he's trapped. Even though he doesn't want to punish Daniel, he has to. Because he's already signed this injunction that they made him sign. And so, he's in a trap. He's going to punish Daniel. But this is just the unchanging character of the wicked. And this is, but what I mean by that is that we can expect the same thing, right? When we are faithful, when we are following God, we can expect the world and the people who hate God to be against us, right? They're going, to, they're going to persecute us. They're going to try to find ways where they can corrupt us. They can undermine us. They can make us into hypocrites. They're going to try to trap us. And this is all their work to prove that God is not true, that he is not actually who we say that he is. And so we can expect persecution from this evil and wicked world. You know what's unchanging about this world? That it'll always be sinful and corrupt. It's not going to be better. Things aren't going to be better until Christ returns, right? This world is just going to get worse and worse and worse. That's the unchanging nature of it, is its corruption and its sinfulness. Look at 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 that I put in your outline. It says, indeed, all who desire to live godly 
in Christ Jesus will be what? Persecuted. People will be against you for loving God. You'll endure suffering and trial. The Christian life is not easy. It'll be hard. It's not an easy road to follow Jesus. It's actually a way tougher to follow Jesus than to not follow Jesus. But the reward is greater. It's eternal life. It's worth it. And so we press on, right? But the Bible says that we will be persecuted. We should expect this, just like Daniel is being persecuted. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, through 5, 16 through 18. Even through the persecution, even through the suffering, what do we see with Daniel? He does exactly this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. In everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? When you're enduring suffering, trials, when you're in a really hard time, you know what you should do? Rejoice. Pray. In everything, give thanks. Lord, thank you for this trial. Because you know what? This trial will grow me. It will strengthen my faith in you. It will bring me closer to you. And everything you do, everything God does is for your good, if you're a Christian, and for his glory. And so we can trust him. We can thank him. We can rejoice. And we must pray, right? That's how we go against the unchanging, wicked culture. Last point, point number three, the unchanging character of God. The unchanging character of God. We're here, verses 16 through 28. For the sake of time, let me summarize it for you. And with a promise that you're going to go home and you're going to read it yourself, okay? Because it's important to read it yourself. But I'll summarize it for Alex. Verse 16 through 28, okay? So now Darius is trapped. He's got to punish Daniel, right? They're pressuring him. So he caves. He listens. He gets Daniel and he throws him into the what? The lion's den. Filled with lions. And what do lions do? They eat. They attack they're going to attack and kill Daniel right away, right? That's his punishment. The punishment is death. Death by lions. But what happens? Daniel stays faithful. He's unafraid. He goes into the lion's den. Uh, King Darius covers the lion's death den. He knows that he's going to be eaten. He's going to be killed by the lions. He comes back. And what does he find? Daniel is alive and everybody's jaws went how does this happen how does Daniel stay alive with all of these vicious lions it is because Daniel is because God protects Daniel that's point a the God who graciously protects God remains faithful to protect his children he preserves Daniel in the lion's den and the Lord for us will supply all the strength that we need to overcome our trials. Did you, did you know this? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, then you will go through trials. You will go through really hard times. You will go through suffering. But you know what? If you're God's child, then he will protect you. 
He will always give you enough strength to endure, to get through the trial. He will not leave you hanging. He'll not leave you there to suffer forever. He's going to protect you. And this is what he does with Daniel. He's thrown into the lion's den. And you know what God does? He covers their mouths so that they will not attack Daniel. They will not eat Daniel. He protects them. Look at 2 Thessalonians 3.3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and what is it? Protect. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is what? Faithful. God is? God is? You better proclaim that and say it with your chest. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it, right? He's going to give you enough strength. He's going to provide a way of escape from all your suffering, all of your temptations, all your trials, if you are a true child of God, okay? Point B, the God who rightfully punishes. We can read this one together because it makes you go, yeah, okay? Verse 24, look at verse 24. It says this, Daniel's preserved, he's saved by God. And now verse 24, the king then gave orders and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, all these people who tattletailed on Daniel and tried to get him killed. And they cast them, their children and their wives into the lion's den and they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Crazy, right? All these people who are trying to get Daniel killed, they're thrown into the lion's den. And you know what? Before they can even touch the ground, the lions devour them and kill them immediately. Their wives and their children. And they are punished. They're judged by God ultimately. And, uh, and vengeance, you know what? Vengeance is not us to take control over. It's for God, right? He will have judgment over sinners. He will punish sin. And that's the truth for us too, right? We've seen this warning Here's what I found. over and over and over again. Come on, the most serious part. Okay. We see this warning over and over again, right? God will punish our sin. Yes? God will judge, yes? yes? Okay. So here we see again, God judges these liars. He throws them into the lion's den. And we can expect the same thing if we're going to be hypocritical liars towards a holy and righteous God. He will punish sin. Let's look at the last point and we'll wrap up. Point C, the God who deserves praise. The God who deserves praise. After all this, as we've seen with King Nebuchadnezzar, as we've seen with other kings before, they're finally realizing who God is, that he is the one in control, that God is the king of kings. All these other kings have passed, right? King Nebuchadnezzar has passed. He's died. There was five kings after King Nebuchadnezzar until his son. They all died. They all went away. Darius is now here. He's going to die. You know what that tells us? There's only one king who stands. And that is a true king. That is a true God. He is never changing. What does our song say? Pull out your song sheets. Ancient of days. None above him. 
none before him, all of time in his hands for his throne, it shall what? Remain. remain. His throne it shall remain. remain and ever stand. And so what happens? All the power, all the glory, I will trust in his names, in his name, for my God is the ancient of day, of days. Right? His kingdom, his throne will always stand. He will remain forever. And so he deserves all the praise. Why? He deserves all the praise because of who he is. And this is what the king Darius does. Look at verse 25. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language who were living in all the land. May your peace abound. Grace to you. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to what? Fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God and enduring for how long? Forever. And his kingdom is a one which will not be destroyed. And his dominion will be forever. Not mine. Verse 27. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Then verse 28. So this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Okay. God deserves all of the praise for who he is. Look at Revelation 4.11. Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. Romans 11, verse 36. Let's read this all together. Are you ready? Are you looking at it? Romans 11, verse 36. Here we go all together. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen right? He deserves all the glory, all the praise. And so we see the unchanging character of God. Has it been fun to look and see how God is so faithful? Yes? But listen, God is only faithful to those who will submit their lives to him. Do you understand this? God sent his son, yes, Jesus Christ, to die for us to die for sinners like you and me, to pay the penalty of our sin. We deserve judgment, yes? Like we've seen in all throughout Daniel, we deserve to be judged. Our sin deserves punishment. But God loves sinners like you and me so much that he would send his only son to die for us, to pay the penalty for our sin. And if we believe in him, if we repent from our sins, turn away from our sins, then we receive new life with him because Christ resurrected from the grave. He rose from the dead. And so if we repent and believe in Christ, then we can have eternal life with this God. And then God will be faithful to us. He will protect us. He will save us. He will bless us. He will give us true hope, true satisfaction. And so we can be like Daniel, ever faithful, because one day we know no matter what happens on this earth, no matter what suffering we go through, no matter what trials we endure, no matter what persecutions happen to us, we know that one day God will take us home and we will be with him forever. 
all peace, no suffering, no pain in heaven. Just a relationship with God where we will praise him and worship him forever and ever and ever. So, what will your response be to this unchanging God? He's unchanging, meaning he will always judge sin. But he's also unchanging, meaning he is faithful to save. He is faithful to give us grace and mercy. But you must repent and believe. Yes? So how will you respond to this unchanging God? Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for your word. And uh, it has just been the greatest joy to study the book of Daniel. Where we see a real person, Daniel who believed in you, who had faith in you. And because of his faithfulness, you protected him through all these trials, through all these persecutions, through all these tests. You always gave him enough strength and a way of escape out of all these trials. Why? Because he was faithful to you. And you are faithful to us. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here who has not yet put their faith in you, that they would do so tonight that they would realize that there is nothing that we can do on our own to earn our salvation, to reconcile our relationship with you. There's nothing we can do. And so we must be like King Nebuchadnezzar. Humble ourselves. Realize that we are nothing. Realize our great need for you, that we need to be saved. And once you save us, we can have faith in you and we can follow you for the rest of our days. We can seek to be more like you. Lord, I pray for all of us who have already been saved by you. Those of us who are Christians, true Christians, that you would help us to become more like your son each and every day. That you would sanctify us. Lord, I pray that we would always be pursuing holiness. That our character would be like Daniel, above reproach, beyond reproach. Though we sin every day, though we are not perfect, Lord, let our lives be marked by a Christ-like character where nobody can find fault in us. Nobody can find any blatant sin in our lives, but that we are above reproach. Help us to be like that. We love you. We depend on you through all these things. We give you all the praise and all the glory for who you are. We love you. Thank you. You are the Holy One, the one true God. And so we submit our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen.